Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. I invite you as you're comfortable to rise and to listen for the good news in the Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed." In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years." Once, when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he, did come, when he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Did you hear the good news this week in the last couple of days? In exchange for Israel releasing some 78 or so Palestinian prisoners, all women and children, Hamas has so far released 41 of the hostages they'd taken in last month's attacks. And there's a temporary ceasefire in Gaza, and when I looked, even right before service, it appeared that it was still holding. It is good news. And yet, this morning, there are still 
children who are being held as hostages. One's a girl named Abigail who turned four on Friday. And her grandfather says she doesn't yet know she's an orphan. There are still over 13,000 people dead in Gaza in the last month. There are still 1,200 Israelis dead from the initial attacks. There are around 1.7 million people displaced by the war. There is plenty this morning that is wrong in this world. There's still fighting in Ukraine with no end in sight. I read a heartbreaking story. Maybe you saw this. The headline was, He proposed in a bomb shelter they died together in a Russian strike, which tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the story. His name was Danilo Kovalenko, age 22, and she was Diana Hajdukova, age 19. Do you get tired of hearing the bad news? Trying to keep up with politics built on outrage and fear is tiring. Living during a global climate crisis makes us all weary. People here in our congregation are dealing with long-term medical issues, worrying about making ends meet, grieving family members. This world is weary. In that reading from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah pleads with God, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. And as we gather this morning here at Christ the King Lutheran Church on a snowy Sunday morning, we share in that longing. We are weary of waiting. We have questions as we just sang. We beg for God to tear open the heavens and come down to get involved in this world and to fix what is broken. Welcome to Advent. This Advent season, we're asking the question, how does a weary world rejoice? How do we reconcile the brokenness of this world with the joy of Christmas? The season of Advent is about preparation. It's about waiting for God to act. And we know what we are waiting for because we know God has acted. In light of everything going on this season, the patriarchs and the heads of the Christian churches in Jerusalem have issued a statement calling upon their congregations to stand strong with those facing afflictions by this year forgoing any unnecessarily festive activities in their Christmas celebrations, and instead to focus on the spiritual meaning of Christmas and pray for peace. This is a season of joy, but joy is not a standalone emotion. True, authentic joy does not hide from the realities of the world. Christmas is about the good news that God has entered into this weary world in the person of Jesus Christ. God has come to be with us in the brokenness, in the pain and the suffering. And there is still plenty wrong in this world and we can and do wonder why God has not fixed everything yet. But the promise of Christmas, the promise that we prepare for in Advent is that God cares, that God has not given up on us, that God has entered this world to be with us. God is with you. The promise is that God has acted, and God is acting, and God is not done acting. Each week of this series, we'll have some pieces of art connected to the theme to consider. And the first piece 
I'll show you this week is by Lizelle Gwyn Garrity. It's inspired by that psalm we read together, Psalm 80. And in this image, she illustrates God hearing our plea. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. And Reverend Garrity depicts God as a holy parent, a holy mother or father, weeping over the hurt and the brokenness in creation, weeping over the ways that we who are made in God's image turn to violence and destruction. And I don't know if you can see it very clearly on there. Maybe you can. There's pictures also in the devotional book that I hope you'll take home after service. They're also taped up um, in back of the sanctuary if you want to look more closely after service. But in this picture, the tears are doves. And the doves represent the Holy Spirit, God coming into the world, the Holy Spirit sent into the world, released to bring hope and healing. She says, flapping their wings into every desperate corner. God is present and acting. How does a weary world rejoice? Well, part of it is by acknowledging our weariness, which is today's theme. To authentically experience joy, we need to face the reality of the brokenness. We need to acknowledge some of us have faced the brokenness for a long time. So this Advent season, we're focusing on Luke's particular telling of the Christmas story. And so our story today, Luke's orderly account of the Jesus story, starts in the Roman Empire, which is a time when people were oppressed, a time when it was very clear the world was broken. But of course, the story could start anywhere because there are many times in history when people have suffered, when people have waited for God to act, when people have wondered where God is. I think we're all familiar with the story of Mary and Joseph and the baby in Bethlehem. We'll hear that story, of course, on Christmas Eve. But the Christmas event, according to Luke, is much more than just Mary and Joseph's story. And so the first person we meet is a man named Zechariah, a Levite, married to a woman named Elizabeth. We hear that, and you might ask, what's a Levite? Well, hundreds of years earlier, God had set aside one of the 12 tribes, the tribe of Levi, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, to be the priests, to fulfill that priestly role. But since they're an entire tribe, a twelfth of the nation, they don't all need to serve at the temple at once. The temple's big. It's not that big. And so First Chronicles, way back in the Old Testament, divides up the priestly families, including Zechariah's ancestor, Abijah. And they rotate in the calendar when they go to the temple and serve. So Zechariah is a priest, but he's only a part-time priest, sort of like being in the army reserves or something. He's in the priestly reserves. He serves two weeks a year. And this particular year, when he's on duty, he is chosen by lot from those who are on duty. He's the one who gets picked to go into the sanctuary and to offer the incense. And as he goes into the sanctuary, into this holy place, he encounters an angel. And the angel says, he and his wife are going to have a child who they are to name John and who will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Luke does not tell us in his story if Zechariah and Elizabeth are particularly trying to have children. This is not the Hebrew Bible story of Hannah crying out desperately to God for a child. But in the culture of the day, there's this assumption that children are supposed to be a sign of God's blessing. And so getting into old age for them without children is kind of a problem. 
there's this implication maybe they've done something wrong, maybe God's displeased with them. There might be some shame, some feelings of weariness perhaps from trying over and over and over and not having children. And some of us have lived that journey. Or perhaps there's weariness just from not meeting the expectations of society. Maybe you've experienced that kind of weariness where people have certain expectations and you just don't quite live up to them. Maybe it's your parents' hopes and dreams that they have for you or wondering after they're gone if they would approve or be proud of who you are now. Maybe it's friends or coworkers, or maybe society in general. There are these cultural expectations out there of what success looks like in our world. And often that picture somehow is both unobtainable, and even if it is obtained, it's ultimately unfulfilling. Maybe part of growing up is learning that you can't please everybody all the time, and yet it is still tiring when you don't live up to what people expect. And so there's a lot that Zechariah could be feeling on this day as he goes alone into the temple. But I wonder as he goes in what it is he is expecting. This is a hugely important moment for him. This might be the only time in his life he gets picked when he's on duty to go do this role of offering incense. Lauren Wright Pittman illustrates this moment, this story, with a painting of Zechariah. And in her artist's statement, she writes, Zechariah is dressed in a breastpiece, breastpiece, ephod, robe, checkered tunic, turban, and sash, just as the book of Exodus specifies for the priests. And in my painting, gold, blue, purple, and crimson yarns are woven together and bejeweled with engraved stones which bear the names of the sons of Israel. See Exodus 28. Zechariah stands in the holy place wearing the most meticulous of garments. Does he expect to encounter the divine? Or is he just going through the motions, lighting the incense as an all-too-familiar scent fills the air? And I wonder about that for us, too, gathered here today. We come to this season of Advent talking about waiting and preparing for Jesus' birth, but do we expect God to show up? Are we looking for God to act in this broken world? Are we looking for God to interrupt our weariness? Or do we merely go through the motions And sometimes maybe going through the motions is in itself an act of faith to show up and to worship when we're uncertain. But on this occasion, in this moment, God shows up. God is acting in a tangible way, interrupting Zachariah's story, changing where he thought his life was headed. An angel shows up with a message from God. Pittman continues, In this image, I decided to depict the angel as smoke, from the altar of incense. Zechariah has one hand over his mouth in fear and disbelief, while his other hand cradles the notion, not yet hope, of his son's existence. The angel has good news for Zechariah, but it is so unexpected, so impossible, that he can't believe it, at least not yet. He is weary, maybe hopeful as well, but certainly he is weary. He points out to the angel that He is an old man, and his wife, as he so delicately puts it, is getting on in years. And so he wants to know how the angel's promise is possible, which is a perfectly reasonable question, I think. 
And because he does not believe, Gabriel strikes him mute, forcing him into silence to consider what God is doing. And I love the detail in verse 21. It says, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering at his delay in the sanctuary. And for Zechariah, this is the most sacred, most profound moment of his life. And yet for everybody else, this is just a normal morning at the temple and it's taking a little too long. The people are not expecting that God is up to something that particular morning. They're just weary of waiting, wondering what's taking so long. And perhaps as we look around at the world, we wonder a similar thing. Pittman writes, Each Advent we practice rejoicing in a hope that is promised but not yet realized in a world that feels like it is breaking apart in every way. How does a weary world rejoice? I don't know. But I think I'll start with acknowledging my weariness, finding joy in connection, allowing myself to be amazed, singing songs of hope, making room, rooting myself in ritual, and trusting in my belovedness. And so in the midst of all that is wrong in this world, we practice joy. We wait, clinging to hope, not giving up, but trusting the promise that death does not get the last word. We don't ignore the brokenness for some sort of superficial happiness. Rather, we have the audacity as God's people to proclaim in faith that brokenness is not the end of the story. In this weary world, God is acting. God is at work. Welcome to Advent. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.